This episode is brought to you by Command Creative Studios. Looking to jump into the podcast world and start making your own content? Command Creative Studios is your one-stop shop for professional podcasts. With a team of audio engineers, music composers, and graphic designers, Command Creative Studios can get your podcast sounding professional as well as looking professional with custom music and artwork that's designed for your creative vision. Command Creative Studios also offers editing, mixing, as well as uploading your content to all major podcast services. For more information, please visit commandcreativestudios.com. That's commandcreativestudios.com. refer to the prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force. You believe it's this boy? Anakin Skywalker, meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. Clouded this boy's future is. The boy is dangerous. They all sense it. Why can't you? An apprentice you have, Qui-Gon. Impossible to take out a second. Obi-Wan is ready. I am ready to face the trials. You've been a good apprentice, Obi-Wan. I foresee you will become a great Jedi Knight. Obi-Wan, promise me you will train the boy. Yes, Master. He will bring balance. Hey listeners, well it turns out we like talking about Star Wars. Enough in fact that this episode ended up being a little too long, so we broke it in half. Here's the first part, we hope you enjoy. Alright, now we're here finally, the episode I've been waiting to do. We're going to be talking about some Star Wars. Alright, so we're going to be doing this a little bit differently. So normally with the past episodes we've dealt we've dealt with movies singular, because we haven't actually done a trilogy or a franchise yet. Yeah. So we're going to be dealing with the Star Wars prequels, and we're going to be talking about episode one, two, and three as a whole. So one of the ways that I want to deal with this is when we, the title, the name of the show is still holds up, meaning like, does it live up to like our childhood or something like that? But I feel like we're gonna have to bend the rules a little bit with this. And what I want to, uh, the way I want to address this is, is if the original, I guess, reviews of it still hold up. Like, do we think that they're either as good or as bad? as they were back then. Because now we have some time to let them marinate. It's been almost 20 years. So now we can actually look at them, um, look at them as a whole, but then also look at the things that have been added since then. You know, we've got the Clone Wars cartoon. We've also got the the Disney movies with the sequels. And we have, um, you know, like the solo ones, like, you know, literally Star Wars solo. And then you have Rogue One. Now we have all these TV shows. So the lore has been like fleshed out a lot. Forgetting about the books that were destroyed by Disney, <laughs> now we're actually talking about actual stuff that's considered canon. And we have a special guest on this episode, which I'm super excited yes, about. Super excited. 
he rivals me as far as being a Star Wars nerd. Okay. And <laughs> I'm, I'm very like, why, Joey, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell, give, give the people a little bit of backstory about yourself. So that way they have an idea of who you are, why they should listen to your opinion, why they think that this is going to be a good episode. You have 15 seconds. Go. My name is Joey Perry. I uh, I work at a winery right next door, and I have been a Star Wars fan as long as I can remember. Uh, I love everything about it. I love all of its content. Um, yeah, I mean, I I live and breathe it in you know off time, and it's it's my uh, it's it's one of my passions. I he, love I love Star Wars. He's a Star Wars connoisseur. Mac- After having just a you could talk to this man for five minutes and you realize the depth of knowledge he has is is pretty profound and impressive. So when we talked about, you know, let's doing let's do this this trilogy, we're like, we gotta get Joey on this. Absolutely. I mean, I think well, let's see how this is a trial run. Let's see how this goes. But I think anything we talk Star Wars, we might have to bring him along for the ride. And there's a lot of stuff we want to talk about Star Wars. So Let's get into this. All right. So we just listened. Uh, we we listened to part of a very long trailer that was actually part of the Obi-Wan Kenobi release. Like you got to uh, witness this whole collage of footage that they uh, they pieced together from episode one, two, and three to kind of set the mood for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. We're not talking about that show. I just want to give uh, a shout out to the people who actually did that uh, collage. Well it was done. Actually, that was, it was a beautiful very well collage. Done. Music, everything. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it, it definitely did capture the essence what i think that they obviously you know wanted to get across for the prequels but then also it kind of you know with what i guess what they were hoping obi-wan kenobi was going to be they were like they kind of packaged it all together and kind of set the mood for that episode for that show really really well totally to lead up to some di- different feelings but okay so really fast let's get into some uh facts really quick before we actually jump into talking about you know certain scenes and how we feel about uh, the star wars prequel trilogy all right, so let's talk about gross really fast. So Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace came out in uh, May 19, uh, May 19th, 1999. Um, it grossed, uh, let's see, so the uh, opening week, $64,820,970. That's not bad. Total gross for the movie was $431,088,295. That's Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. So uh, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, uh, that goes to opening week, eighty million two hundred twenty. Uh, I'm sorry, eighty million twenty seven thousand eight hundred fourteen dollars, and then total gross for that movie down a little bit, three hundred two million uh, one hundred ninety one thousand two hundred fifty two. All right, and so then you have episode three, that has the highest of both of them. Actually, I'm sorry, opening week it does one hundred eight thousand. Uh, I'm sorry, one hundred eight million four hundred thirty five thousand eight hundred forty one. And then total gross for that uh, movie was uh, 380270577 Wow. So, and that movie came out in May 19th. Uh, so they actually, all the movies came out in May. Yeah. Um, except for, uh, or they all came out May 19th, except for episode two came out in uh, May 16th. So, hmm. but yeah, so they made a pretty penny. They obviously, you know, do, ob- this is only just what the movies did in the theaters. Obviously when it came to like, you know, when it went to DVDs back then, and then obviously the money that it made off of the, the um, toys and merchandise, T-shirts, stuff like that. It made it definitely a pretty penny. Yeah, I remember this being such a big... People were anticipating this um, because obviously the first um, three that were done in the 70s and 80s, it was such a large gap between them that everybody was so excited to kind of see 
how they were going to present us, you know, the, this prequel to fill in on information that we didn't have at the time. Right. So I know the lines were crazy. I mean, it, the anticipation of this for you, you guys, do you guys remember going to the theaters to see this? Do you have any story on this? I, ahead, Joey. I do. I mean, I, I was, I was 10, I was nine actually when this came out and I grew up with my dad watching OG trilogy. Yeah. And that's all I knew. So when I heard they were coming out, I was pumped. And I mean, I remember walking in, I remember waiting in line, walking into the theaters to to see episode one. Yeah. I mean, vividly. Uh, to me, it was yeah. my first ones seeing in the theaters as well because the the the, the originals, I saw those all on television. Yeah. You know, because they used to play them a lot on, you know, um, UP. Uh, Back in New York, it was Channel 11, which is now WB, used to play them all the time. And I, I, I remember watching them whenever they were on, no matter what scene they were on. Because, you know, back then you can't rewind anything. You're starting to watch right. it you from there. Watch, you started yeah. watching from there and you're enjoying every minute of it. But these were so unique because you were able to see it on the big screen. And it was like, it was kind of awesome yeah. in that sense. I remember, I remember seeing it with my dad um, right when it came out. I don't think we saw it opening day. I think we yeah. maybe saw it like a couple days later. I remember coming out of the movie theater loving it. I had some gripes, which we'll talk about it um, for episode one. But I remember coming out loving it and looking at my dad going, that was amazing. And then my dad looked at me and he literally goes, really? <laughs> really? Like, you thought that was good? It was like that question of my, you know, my intelligence right there, which wasn't great. Yeah, but um, his standards were, you know. Well, I mean, so I, before we get into the reviews, I did watch a 30-minute documentary mm -hmm. um, actually a couple days ago. I can't, I can't remember the, the name of it. I, I found it on YouTube. But it was really good. It talks about um, how it was impossible to live up to the standards of Star Wars fans for Phantom Menace. No matter what was actually going to come out, no one was going to be happy with it. For sure. And uh, it was this line that uh, that Lucas was never going to hit. And Lucas comes out and he says that he wrote this, uh, this movie, Phantom Menace, for kids. And the adults didn't like that direction. They didn't like the Jar Jar Binks. They didn't like... Um, the overly usage of CG, and which we'll talk about all those things. It was it was something that he that no one, he wasn't going to live up to it, and he knew that going into writing it that it was going to be like a hard sell. But then people blamed him, thinking that they that he wrote these movies specifically for toys because the majority of the money that's made from this is actually off of the merchandise and off of the toys, okay. and so people felt that he wrote these characters in just to make a quick buck, not to actually make a good Star Wars movie, which. Mm. Looking at it now as an adult, I can kind of see that, but at the same time, they are made for kids. As much as we want to say that they're made for us, except for Andor, Andor's made for adults, but other than that, Star Wars is made for kids. It's made for the inner kid in us. Whether how we perceive it at that time, there's like people waited, I think it was 15 years for a new Star Wars movie. It yeah. was it was a decent yeah, amount of time. 16. Yeah, and so and me personally, I thought that maybe he would have done the sequels instead while they still had the actors at a decent age and then do the prequels later on, it seemed like that would have made more sense. But, I mean, that's a lot of things to live up to as far as, like, telling people how Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader, how the Empire, you know, takes over, for, you know, what happens to the Republic, how's the Empire coming to, uh, to, to power, how the Emperor comes into power, uh, what are the Clone Wars, like, all those things. You had to tell these stories, but then also fill in with, like, you know, other miscellaneous stuff. And I don't think people liked that stuff as much, like the side characters of the side stories. And For stuff. sure. But I think he had, I think he had to tell the before story. I think he had to do the prequels before going to the sequels. Just, just in terms of storytelling. I mean, did he though? I mean, in a way that story was in the, that story was in a way done. Well, we'll 
Well, really fast. So let's let's talk about the the review scores really fast. I'm not going to go into depths like as far as individual reviews. We're just going to do Rotten Tomatoes right now. So Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace got a 51% of Rotten Tomatoes. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones got a 65% of Rotten Tomatoes, and Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith got a 79% of Rotten Tomatoes. That okay. was also the first, um, or the might be the only. I'm actually not too sure, but that was the first Star Wars movie to be PG-13. Was Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith? That was kind of a big deal because it was supposed to have a I darker why. tone. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> You're the chosen one. <laughs> all right. So enough of all like the actual numbers and how it did and everything like that. You know, let's get into the actual trilogy itself, right? Yeah. So we're basing this all as a whole. And so what I wanted to go over is what ultimately it had to actually do. And I kind of just over went, went over it. You had to show how Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader. How he gets number he turns, one. How he turns to the yeah, dark side. First and foremost. Yeah. Number two is what are the Clone Wars? We talk about. They talk about all the time. Oh, you're, you know, mm-hmm. he was a hero in the Clone Wars. Blah blah Clone Wars. So now we're going to show what the Clone Wars are. You know, we okay. And then we're going to show how the Emperor becomes into power and how the Empire rises. I mean, I think those are the main three yeah. things that the trilogy, or I'm sorry, the prequels had to show. Right. Yeah, they had. And to. So we can go over like, did they do it well? What are the faults um, as far as each movie's individually, so forth, blah, blah, blah. You know, let's just start from there. Let's just start from Phantom Menace and move, move on from there. So, Joey, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pass it over to you and you tell me what you think. For sure. So, I think, I think to the point, did the trilogy, the prequel trilogy as a whole, um, hit the nail on those specific things? I think it did. I think they did tell... You know, obviously they told the origin story of Darth Vader, of Anakin Skywalker. I think they went through and they gave us a lot of the Clone Wars in, you know, the Clone Wars movie and, you know, Tail End and Revenge of the Sith. And I think they did tell the story. I think where, you know, some of the gripes come are in the nitty gritties and in some of the the extras that they threw in and in some of the characters. Um, right. But, you know, overarching, I think they did tell that story good. So what do you think of, like, the development of Anakin Skywalker? Because, like, in the first movie, he gets a lot of slack for... I mean, I guess it's the right word to use. Um, is it? Sure. We'll just yeah. go for it. Because Anakin's really young in the first movie, right? And he's actually he's played by... Um, who's your favorite actor? Max? What's his name? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you you had me frozen. <laughs> um, what's his name? Hold on, I didn't have that. I didn't think you were going to go there. I just I'm, heard. I'm his, going. I just heard you his just name. Said I it. just heard his name. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I went to you. I thought you had the information sitting right there. <laughs> no, I I had moved Jake on. Lloyd. <laughs> Jake, Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd. His name is Jake go. Lloyd. I can't Jake wait. For, I can't wait for you. I gave you your shot. <laughs> <laughs> so they they start off the prequels with Jake Lloyd. I think he's supposed to be Anakin Skywalker's ten years old, twelve yeah. years old. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really super young. Um and. Not only that, because we all know that he's going to end up with um, Natalie Portman, yeah. um, Queen Amidala. There's a huge age difference, age gap. Yeah. It's, it's almost like Lucas loves kind of messing with that as far as like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, his brother and sister will have this whole weird scene in the original trilogy, but <laughs> yeah. don't worry about that. But now, okay, oh, here's Anakin Skywalker. This is his love kid. interest. But yeah, there's like a, it looks like a 10-year difference between them, right? Yeah. yeah it doesn't yeah, look yeah. like it's pretty big. Yeah. So, but anyway, so... That's kind of a bold move to kind of start off, like to show that huge back, the, to show that backstory with him at 10 years old. 
For sure. Right? Now, yeah, and he was so he was supposed to be ten, and I believe she was supposed to be sixteen. Th- that makes a little bit more. That, that works a little bit better. Yeah, I she's mean, a mature sixteen compared to. I him. mean, she's queen. Very mature. <laughs> she was the. She was. I think she was like the youngest or one of the youngest queens of Naboo. Yeah, um, I think she does say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, like I don't. I I don't want to. I don't want to sound like a jerk. I don't want to say that. You know. I understand he's a kid actor, but he, I I think he he did, I don't want to say he was bad at it, but he was bad at it. I mean, was he bad at it or was it bad directing? I think it was a combination of both because and bad dialogue. I mean, yeah, the stuff that that kid was, had to say it was a combination of all three. Really if bad. you really think about it, and Lucas had a big break between doing the movies, so you could see it was a director who was kind of, especially in the beginning, kind of getting his footing sure. right, and then it, they they. You saw in the ratings, the movies progressively, in my opinion, got a little bit better in, in that sense. But as, as showing us him as a child, I think that was that was actually great in terms of because you want to see the story arc and you want to have, um, you know, you want to feel for the character. And what better way to start of is as a child where you can say, oh, he was so cute. And, you know, but I think the actor, sorry, Jake, didn't really <laughs> kind of... Um, I don't want to say he didn't do a good job, but he didn't do a good job. All right. So my take on the whole thing in terms of that. So again, when I saw this, I was I was nine or ten years old. Yeah. And so my perception of the prequels, literally until episode seven came out and I I started watching people review all of these, you know, all basically episode seven and and some of the issues they had with it. I didn't even realize people didn't like the prequels oh, or yeah. had any of these issues until episode seven came out. Like I, I literally oh, didn't so realize you're so young. <laughs> I literally didn't even realize that Jar Jar was such a hated character. Yeah. And to me Ooh. at 10 years old, I, I didn't have any of that in my head. You know, yeah. I almost had a, I could almost relate to Anakin Skywalker as a 10 year old boy, not, not, you know, literally. Yeah, but you had always, I was that you, were, age. you were that gifted at that age. I was yeah, right. <laughs> I wish. No, so uh, that that they accomplished a huge goal there by bringing a whole new generation of course. into yeah. the fold by doing that. So so it was clever and smart, and I think I don't have a gripe with them bringing him in as a child. See, I actually it was more of like you said the ancillary parts. Yeah, that, I don't think I did that much either. I mean, especially when I saw it at uh, you know I, I mean, I'm going to date myself here, but I'm pretty sure I was 19 years old when I saw him because it came yeah. out in 1999. Yeah. So I, I didn't really have an issue with him being that age. Well, the only issue I did actually have was the age age gap between uh, Queen Amidala, Padme, and then you know Anakin. But as sure. far as like what his character had to do, being that young, being that gifted, as far as like being a pod racer, you know, having all the reflexes and stuff, having the high midichlorian count, which we got that stuff is cool. Inter- introduced to midichlorians, yeah. which is kind of like a really way to go all sciency on it. But that's okay, <laughs> that's fine. Um, but then you know, having him save the day at the end by using his his, you know, pod racing abilities. reflexes, abilities yeah. inside the, um, what is that thing called? Like the, the like it was like the, the droid, command the, center, the, the Nimodian yeah, camp. Yeah, yeah, the command center thing. Yeah, yeah. To, to save the day, kind of, you know, uh, like a little bit like the Death Star, kind of like, you know, sure. Luke Skywalker yeah. thing. I liked all that stuff. I didn't mind it. Um, but I do also think going back, like, and I actually have a, a clip of some dialogue that's actually used in this movie. I didn't actually pull anything for Anakin in this episode, I don't think, but I did pull something. It's what I remember when I saw this movie with my dad, there was two things that really bugged me in this movie. One thing was the way that, that, um, the aliens talked. 
Yeah. And one thing in particular was Viceroy. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like the way that they perceived him as far as like his way. Like he just had really dumb dialogue and really like didn't care for the accent. And then also Jar Jar Binks. I thought Jar Jar Binks was, it was um, forced on you. It was almost like if you got Jim Carrey in the movie and had him basically playing Ace Ventura throughout the entire thing. It was hmm. just way too much stuff. Hmm. It was too over much stuff. Yeah. It was over the top slapstick. And yeah. I think now if you want, if I can, and I told Max this, I mean, I could change I can change these Star Wars movies for you and say if you gave it a 7.5, I can change it to an 8.5 with some simple edits. You ready? I'll give it to you right now and then I'll play this clip for you. Let's do it. Number one, all of the aliens, you give them subtitles now. So get rid of all of their English dialogue and their accents and you just give them subtitles, kind of like what they were in the original trilogy. Sure. Right? They even did that at the table in in episode two, episode three. When uh, Count Dooku was around the table with them, like some of them, they were giving yeah, subtitles. Yeah, and they, subtitles, I think because yeah. you probably That's got the feedback for that. Okay, number two is give it the Lucas uh, edits. I'm sorry, give it the Lucas uh, special edition of treatment. So when George Lucas did these movies, he was very ahead of his time. Like, let's I want every single thing to be CG, and the technology was kind of there, but not there right now. If you look at the way the technology is now, it looks amazing. Have them gloss over it. Go over the old technology. Mm. And just give it a little spruce up. I'm not saying especially redo Phantom it. Menace, because I think yeah. at, in the the in episode two and three, it, it does take a nice step it's, up. It does take it, a nice step better, up. It still looks a little too fake. But if he, yeah. I feel like if you were going to go that route, the technology should have been there. One, yeah. one thing that made the original trilogy so great was the special effects, and it was industrial light magic, and what they did yeah. as far as like you know old school models and made it like they made leaps as far as like you know the way the special effects were done, and they still look great to this day. Like they they really do, but I can't say that about the CG stuff. I just don't think it does. I say just gloss well, at over. The times it. they were still ahead. This, of... These are different times, my friend. <laughs> different times. So I'd say just go over those and then do some small edits as far as like some scenes like take too long, where like the dialogue is already done, but you're kind of like showing these weird facial expressions where like the scene should have already moved on to the next thing. Just cut those. Movies a hundred times better. Mm. All right, but anyways, let's go back. Listen to this dialogue right here because it's so cringeworthy. Let's listen. What? What did you say? The ambassadors are Jedi Knights, I believe. I knew it. They're here to force a settlement. Distract them. I will contact Lord Sidious. Are you brain dead? I'm not going in there with two Jedi. Bro, I'm just saying, if I was a slimy Nimodian like he is, and I knew there were two Jedi in the other room, I wouldn't be going in there. In there either. I wouldn't either, but I'm just saying, are you brain dead? Like, (laughs) that, I mean, the whole movie is kind of peppered in that way, where they have certain characters, like, have that kind of dialogue. Like, Qui-Gon Jinn doesn't have that dialogue. Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't have that dialogue. Padme doesn't have that dialogue. But it seems like everybody else does in the movie. Like, you know, except for Mace Windu and Yoda and, you know. Palpatine, but Jar Jar Binks does, Anakin Skywalker does, um, even like his little buddies that are like around him while he's like working on the yeah. oh the kids and yeah, the... they all have like this weird dialogue where it's kind of like it's like he just like gave the reins to his kids for a little bit and say hey you write something here because I just want the family to be involved in this entire thing you know and I <laughs> like, think, oh all right let's we'll see now <laughs> I think that probably was part of the the idea of George though is to not only bring you know you and your dad but to bring no i get that but to bring me there sure now you have you know a 10 year old there you have a 19 year old there and you have our 
dads there. Right. No, I get it. You know. No, and it, but I get what it does then to the experience. I'm you telling know, you, of everybody involved. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, the fact that you were 10 years old and you saw it and you liked Jar Jar Binks, it actually. No, no, no. You know what it was though? It wasn't that I liked Jar Jar. It's that I didn't dislike Jar Jar. You know what I mean? Like it, he, you didn't he, mind that, no. he probably made you laugh. Yeah, yeah. in you know a way, I mean? yeah, like yeah, yeah. he just wasn't a big deal I get to that. me. I, in, a, I, in a way, that makes me feel good that that actually did cater to somebody because everybody that I was surrounded by, it didn't. It was more sure. annoying. Yeah. He was more annoying than anything. He was, like I said, he was too. I mean, and I love Jim Carrey, but Jim Carrey does not belong in Star Wars. No, I agree with that. I don't statement. need to see Fire Marshal Bill running around all over the place. And, and like Jake Lloyd. <laughs> the actor who played Jar Jar Binks, <laughs> Ahmad Best, got a lot of backlash for the two of them. Got a lot of backlash for their two their performances in this movie. Sure he did. did. Uh, I remember Liam Nielsen. I remember him. He did like an interview, and I, this is like I remember seeing this like five or six years ago or something, where he came out and said that he thought that he was working with like the next Eddie Murphy. That he was yeah. telling all of his friends, "This is the funniest guy ever. He's going to be the biggest star." And because of the backlash so much from Phantom Menace, like it was hard for that guy to get a gig. And wow. it bummed it bummed Liam Neeson out because he thought that guy was super hilarious. And it happened for years for him, like even sure. at Comic Cons and everything. Like that happened to that actor for a long time. Even like to this day, he still gets crap. Unfortunately, yeah. Star Wars is is such a big franchise, and the fandom is so over the top that when you're an actor and you get a role in Star Wars, it's a gift and a curse because if, 100%. if they write you a good character and you perform, you become legend. But if it's the other way around, they destroy you. Totally. And and it's, there's almost, you can't come off the mat if, if they write a bad character yeah. and, and you perform it poorly. I don't think he performed Jar Jar poorly. I think it was more the character written was, was bad. Whereas Anakin... I thought the character was written okay, but I didn't like the performance. I mm. see. I thought that I I think that's opposite. I mean, I I kind of wish that I would pull some of his dialogue. His dialogue is really bad in this movie. Is it bad because it's written bad or it, it's acted badly? It's written bad because I'm gonna pull a lot of stuff later <laughs> on. It's written bad. <laughs> it, it's, the fact is, it's true. Like there's, I mean, one of the gripes that I've had about the the prequels yeah. is the dialogue in it because. It's the dialogue and it's the acting. Yeah. Um, the story itself, I think, is actually really good. Yeah. I as like far that. as like you know how Anakin, I love, and I and I I love actually saying this. I love the comparison that I have actually between Darth Vader and and uh, Kylo Ren. Like mm -hmm. well, I believe that Anakin Skywalker would turn to the dark side. I do because of all the things that happened to him from the beginning. Like he uh, he leaves his mom at a young age. Um, he. He has these nightmares that his mom is dying. No one and no one actually tells him that they're actually visions or force visions. He goes and tries to save his mom, and she dies in his arms. Like, and then he thinks that the same thing is going to happen to his wife, to his unborn child. Yeah. And so he decides the only way that he thinks that he can save her to not go down that route again is to learn the dark tap side into a, to tap into the dark a greater side. power. And, and so he has to make that choice: Do I side with the Jedi? and lose my wife, lose my unborn child, or do I side with the dark side? That's how I always looked at it. And then, you know, they make, and he makes that choice. I mean, obviously it fails him and it doesn't go the way, the way he wants to, but I believe that he would turn to the dark side. Now, I know we're not talking about the sequels yet, and I will say, I will say it again in the sequels, but I just don't believe that Kylo Ren would turn to the dark side. Yeah. I don't either. Your mom no. is Princess Leia, your dad is Han Solo, and your uncle is Luke Skywalker. There are three heroes, and they're all pretty <laughs> decent fucking people, you can now put the disclaimer on this. 
what the fuck are you bitching about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. To the, no, point, where you're, episode to the point where you kill your dad, where you let planets blow up. It's ridiculous, to do all the, man. It's, I don't believe that. But I do believe how Anakin Skywalker going by, these tri- by this trilogy could turn to the dark side because of his love. Not because of it's fear. hatred of like jealousy because his dad was yeah. a fucking they wrote kylo for gen z dude yeah they did that was a gen z character, I, but, totally but agree. because of the sequels that's why i want to do this the the prequels because of the way that we feel about the sequels does totally. it make this the prequels better because the stories that it was trying to tell was i mean it might not have been delivered you know as well as well as we wanted it to be at least i wanted it to be but the story is there the dialogue is not but the story is there, and the lightsaber battles are definitely there. Not when they're fighting droids, though, or anything. Those look terrible. <laughs> but when they're actually fighting lightsaber to lightsaber, they're pretty awesome, which I'm really disappointed that they actually didn't take the same choreographer from the prequels and bring him over to the sequels. Because he was badass. Yeah, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. No, it's okay. You know, I think, I think too, when you said that when George went to do episode one, it was like it, there was going to be some sort of failure there. For there had fans to be in general, right? There had to be. But I think that's now, especially in the nature of Star Wars fandom today, I feel like anything Star Wars touches is polarizing. There's no middle. You either yeah. love it, you either love it or you hate it. And I feel like it it is it actually, you know, bringing it back this kind of generational thing, hearing you even talk about the special effects in the original trilogy versus how you feel about special effects in the prequel trilogy, I could say since my first, you know, live interaction with Star Wars was the prequels. I didn't look at the graphics and think anything negative. If anything, when I was watching the OG trilogy with mm-hmm. my pops, I was like, you know, what's this shit? You know, like I loved it. <laughs> oh, but what, at edition, the same time, what edition were you watching though? Because they, they actually did spruce up the special effects a little bit. You can like spruce the, it up all you like want, though. But still the Death Star and yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and again, like I, it's not me talking shit here. I'm just making the, you know, I'm just making the connection of of that point. You know, I think there's a, a generation thing. Sure. And that's a good point. And and I love it all. Don't get me wrong. There's there's no there's no beef with the original trilogy because they were being the best they could be at the time. But I think you look at the prequels, they were being the best and actually leading the pack yeah. of their time. So yeah. No, sure. I mean I could I see what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. But I am curious on, though, what versions you were actually watching of the, uh, who didn't silent their shit. <laughs> I am actually curious on which version you were actually, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's, when it's I, the wine, man. It's the wine. No, which version do you, did you watch the special editions? The one they added Han Solo and, uh, and, uh, walking over Jabba the Hutt's tail and stuff. Is that the version you saw? Well, when I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what I was watching when I was watching this with like my pops when yeah, I was a kid. Was... I mean, now I'm watching definitely the reboot. My guess stuff. is those are the ones you actually were watching because if that, if you were first introduced to Phantom Menace before you actually watched the original trilogy. No, I had seen original trilogy. But I know they did re-release the special editions before Phantom Menace came out that added in uh, Jabba the Hutt in uh, A New Hope with, um, uh, Boba Fett, like he's in the beginning yeah, of that. Yeah. They added like some extra scenery stuff for like Cloud City and uh, Tatooine and stuff like that. I ha- I had to have seen that then because I mean this- those don't look that great. I mean yeah. I think I think when the whole thing that I said before about like going over and sprucing up your CG that's kind of an example. I think you yeah. should do that too. Like for sure. I mean if you're gonna add it in there because it it's 
back in the day when it first got added, not there, my my aunt, if she listen, ever listens to any of these podcasts, which she most likely won't, she hates the special editions with a passion. She thinks she's so mad that they added that stuff in there. She's also very mad, and I agree with her, that they took out the music by the, for the end of uh, Return of the Jedi. Okay. The original ending music for Return of the Jedi was actually super amazing, but now they actually made it so it's more in line with the the prequels. But anyways, um, if but they when they did that, like when they did the spe- or the special effects for Phantom Menace, it was so ahead of its time that it was it looked decent. Yeah. But now it looks cringeworthy. Of course, to me it does. Well, so, I mean, the stuff that's going on now is. You know, yeah, it's mind blowing. You got like make one, everything look real. You got yeah. like you got like five guys over there. Like, hey, why don't you guys spend a year just redo these really quick? Just put like extra. I don't know how it works. I'm just messing with you. All right. right. Let's. I got another scene I want to play really fast. So, let's go back to Phantom Menace really quick. I want to play this dialogue for this scene, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Let's do it. The force is unusually strong with him. That much is clear. Who was his father? There was no father. I carried him, I gave birth, I raised him. I can't explain what happened. Can you help him? I don't know. All right, Joey, that one's for you. I mean, that's a little Jesus Christ in there. Break this down for us. All right, so that's that's. A, not cringeworthy to me. No, but, no, no. I don't oh, think okay. that's cringeworthy. Okay, I, just, so, I said I want to play this dialogue for you. I, I say it's this. cringe. Okay, I say it's okay, dialogue. Okay. I love this because the yeah, I think when a lot of people listened to that scene or saw that scene, you don't know the whole backstory to that. And the backstory to that scene is Anakin didn't technically have a father. And what happened there is Palpatine... Uh, when he was an apprentice under his master, who was Darth Plagueis, Darth Plagueis the was wise. in the wise. the wise. He was into Sith alchemy. He was into really trying to make it so he could be immortal and live forever. That was his goal. He didn't. He wanted the rule of two to end with him. He did not want somebody to kill him and take over. He wanted to basically fulfill the Sith prophecy. So. He was always messing with midichlorians and trying to basically create life and mm. to create force life. And in doing so, the universe basically said, uh-uh, this isn't going to work. You're basically playing God. Yeah. And what they did in trying to create and create their own way of preserving their essence, they created Anakin. It was the good old... uh good and evil, um, yeah. as darkness rises, uh, light rises to meet it, whatever that, you know, they yeah, said kind sure. of in, in, in the sequels, that's what happened. That is the, that's what happened with Anakin being basically immaculately concepted so or in conceived. A, in conceived. a way, so in a way you're telling me that Palpatine might be his daddy? Palps his daddy. Not literally, literally but, but the, Palpatine, creator, sure. Palpatine and of, his master in their Sith magic alchemy, what they were doing, right. they accidentally created Anakin. So what they, you're also saying is Rey actually is a Skywalker. I'm definitely <laughs> not saying that Rey is actually a Skywalker. <laughs> okay, but that, but that whole thing that you just said right now, that's kind of how Palpatine preserves himself in the sequels? 
No, Palpatine uses essence transfer. So what? Not this thing that he's talking about. No, 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 no. Not the so, damn, I was hoping that we could have saved Rise of Skywalker. There. No, nope. unfortunately not. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was essence transfer that he okay. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, the 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 thing is, is Plagueis, which they they touch on um, in in one part of Revenge of the Sith, uh, which was Palpatine's master. The book Plagueis, the novel, which I know we're not talking about that, but. That was signed no, it off plays. on. Play, talk that about that it. It was plays. signed yeah. off on by George when George was in control. That was made, you know, technically canon. I mean, it's now legends, and you know, Disney obviously isn't going to look at that as canon. But what they talked about in that book uh, was so relevant, and literally, the book and Plagueis actually goes right up to the end of Episode One. So oh. that in that in the scene in Revenge of the Sith where he says, you know. Um, he basically, you know, his master, the, the apprentice killed him in his sleep. Mm-hmm. Palpatine killed him in his sleep at the end of episode one. They were celebrating that he became chancellor and they drank a little too much wine mm. and Plagueis basically let his guard down and Palps, uh, Palps did the deed. Mm. Oh. So that's interesting. So, but the rule of two, yeah. only uh, one master, one apprentice. Correct. But he had Darth Maul. Well, so there was three of them. He had Darth Maul first. He didn't have him at the same time. So it's always this this battle of making sure that the Sith that's going to take over is worthy. And obviously Maul ended up not being worthy. He got cut in half. But um, that was that's always the thing. It's one to embody the power and then one to crave it. And okay. So it's not, okay. it's not it's not you just get one. It's hmm. that there's only ever one. That's the good old rule of two from Darth Bane. I'll allow oh, allow it. All right, I like it. Interesting it, it, stuff. Right it's adding oh, yeah. to it. It's adding to it. Oh yeah. Okay. So I mean, I going on going back on that. I remember when I did see episode three, and he does have that conversation, which we are going to play that at some point. Yeah. I do remember wishing that he would have actually said in that conversation he has with Anakin that I am your father. Right. No. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm dead serious. Like I thought because we all kind of thought that we all had our own like. This is. I mean. Outside this podcast, this isn't the first time I've sat around with friends and speculated at Star Wars and sure. like talked about like what yeah. I think is going to happen, what I hope happens. You know, oh man, they should have done this, should have done that. I remember talking with my friends, and I believe it's my buddy Richard. I believe we were having this conversation. This might have been that might have been the first movie that him and I saw together. We see all the MCU movies and stuff yeah. together now. That we actually had that conversation. Like, oh, I bet you at some point he's going to say to him, "I'm your father." Like they're going to have because. We all talked about like who's really Anakin Skywalker, like like who's his dad, like how did he become like one, like the whole thing, like Metichlorians just kind of made him, didn't really kind of make kind of sense. Like we were hoping that that we're gonna get another half to that, you know, the, more the mom. Where did he get his powers from? Because like she clearly didn't have any powers. If no. he runs in the family, if it's strong with the Skywalkers, whatever, how did he get it? We all thought it was gonna be that. And we'll be right back. Guys, want an amazing night out where you get to enjoy award-winning wine with a comfortable and relaxing atmosphere? Well, if you're in the LA County area, Pacella Winery's tasting room is just an Uber ride away. The tasting room is very comfortable, laid back, and relaxing with ample seating and a heated back patio that offers a relaxing and private atmosphere. With over 35 years of collective winemaking experience, Steve Lemley and Nate Hasper joined forces in 2009 to create Pacella Winery's first vintage. The two share an uncompromised and very passionate approach to winemaking that continues to push the limits of their craft with every vintage. 
highly rated and award-winning Pacella wineries even were named Wine Enthusiast Magazine's highest rated Zinfandel in the entire California Central Coast. With hotels and restaurants nearby, Pacella Winery's tasting room is the ideal date night experience. Make sure to mention this podcast when you visit and get a free tasting. Can't make it to the tasting room? Check them out online at PacellaWinery.com and feel free to email them for future wine deliveries in your area. That's Pacella Winery, P-U-L-C-H-E-L-L-A-W-I-N-E-R-Y.com. And remember, Pacella Winery simply doesn't just follow other winemaking trends, meaning there are no limitations to the envelope they push. That's PacellaWinery.com, P-U-L-C-H-E-L-L-A-W-I-N-E-R-Y.com. Man, we're back. Man, you know what I could use right now? Some Pacella Winery. Hold on, let me get some of that water. Yeah, grab your glass right there, dude. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying, if you're not if you're not trilling at least once a year, you're not doing it right, man. <laughs> you got to be trilling it at least I, once a year. Have you done the one sitting? Uh, I have not done a full one sitting. So I like remember, just with the prequels or with all of them? All of them. I figured. But you're are gonna, you adding in Solo and Rogue One as well? No, no, you can't. No, no. that's the, you're, you're, no. yeah, that's a lot. So when when nine came out, I was trying to go do all yeah. of them because yeah. I, I think i forget what they were doing at the chinese theater or something yeah. they were literally doing one through eight and yeah. then they were playing nine yep and i couldn't get tickets but oh, like yeah. i was down i was i was you were, you yeah, were gonna, me yeah. And, me and my homie goalie were about to go do that yeah all right we pass on the wine ball along okay let's move on to another scene i want to uh play really fast so uh obi-wan this- kenobi just killed darth maul after, Darth, after Darth Maul just kind of like went after and t- took out Qui-Gon. So this is the conversation that Obi-Wan has with Qui-Gon. Here we go. Classic. It's too late. It's... No. Obi-Wan. Promise. Promise me you will train the boy. Yes, master. He is the chosen one. He... Will bring balance. Train him. Joey, take that away. Guys, well, this before, is so good. This before is you so jump good. into that, yeah. we got to give Ray Park, who played Darth Maul, some love in terms of his physical oh. um, stunt work. And and the fight sequences and everything he does in Hands this movie down. is phenomenal. He, he, he's like, awesome. Yeah, everything that guy does is great. He he's been in a lot of really awesome stuff. Because he was he was the stunt yeah. coordinator for Star Wars, right? He was the what? He was the stunt coordinator for Star Wars. Didn't he do all the he did all the lightsaber battles? Well, he did he did all of his own. Yeah. Yeah. No, he choreographed everything, from what I remember. I don't know if he choreographed everything. I, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Okay. You might, you might have I'll to look tell it up you what. I, he I was know. awesome. You tell G- your Qui-Gon story right now. I'm going to yeah. look that up really fast. Okay. I mean, so that scene, there's a lot to unpack. So my my favorite part about that whole scene and the music is that that famous music during that duel, that lightsaber scene is called the Duel of Fates. Mm-hmm. And the Duel of Fates represents Anakin Skywalker's fate. It represents that battle. If if Qui-Gon would have won that battle, we would not have Star Wars as we know it unfold. Because, How so? So Qui-Gon knew that Anakin didn't have a father, and Qui-Gon knew that he could be the father figure 
in Anakin's life and help really hone in the chosen one and to to give him the balance in Mm -hmm. his life that he needed. When he died, he, in that scene, basically asked Obi-Wan, train the boy, train the boy. Well, we know from the scenes before, even when he first was introduced to Anakin, when he he came on board the ship and he's like, why do I get the feeling you just brought another useless life form <laughs> yeah. on board? I mean, he was talking about Anakin, yeah, but he yeah. was referencing Jar Jar being the other useless life form. So yeah. Obi-Wan became more like Anakin's brother. And even at the end of, yeah, it, of episode three, episode three, he goes, you were like a brother to me. Yeah. So he wasn't like a father to him. He was like a brother. Yeah. And so that's you know, all of these things that happened to Anakin along the way. He didn't have a father figure you know, he he leaves his mother. He never had a father. All these things happen. And so that scene, Duel of Fates, is is representative of, of Anakin and, and his entire path. And to, to your point there, the fact that Obi-Wan was more of a brother allowed um, Palpatine to slide, to slide in slide and in. provide, a, be a father figure in a lot of things. Just like he did. Exactly, just like he did. And it was just the opening he needed. And if he would, and if, and if Maul would have killed Obi-Wan too. Yeah. You would have definitely had now Anakin in the hands of Palps from the beginning. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that scene had so much importance and there was so much weight to that lightsaber fight. Not only was it an awesome, it was amazing. Awesome lightsaber amazing. fight. I mean, the, 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 the main lightsaber fight, you know, after waiting all these years yeah. from the original trilogy. And it's like, you know, the same, the, the lightsaber fight with, uh, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan in A New Hope. Classic, right? Yeah. But, you know, when you look back, it's not like the choreography was No, on it point. was not like this. But again, there was weight to that fight, too. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of weight to this fight. And so not only was it epic, but it was just a really important My favorite part of the movie. Role. Yeah, absolutely. Me, too. You know, Hands down. I think it's the best part of the, the movie. It was Maul... I feel like we didn't get enough. No, no, we it didn't. Was like that was that was one little frustration when I'm rewatching. I'm like, oh, I wish we had gotten a little bit more of, of Maul. They should have brought Maul through. I think like they could have. I mean, they ended up telling his his story well um, in other uh, in Clone Wars, in Clone and, Wars Rebels. Yeah. and Rebels. Rebels. But, but like if they would have kept Maul going like through Episode Two and like into Episode Three, it would have been really sick. There was even talk of like making Maul become Grievous and actually like. He like at the end of three that when they cool. killed him, ripped off the yeah. mask and it would have been mall. That was like something that was toyed around. That would have been awesome. That would have been cool too. Yeah, no, I would have been down for that. Yeah, but yeah. I do like his backstory that they do give him in Clone Wars, and then also it's um, great the epic battle because when Disney takes over for the Star Wars franchise, um, they took over Clone Wars because Clone Wars was what originally aired. I mean, we're talking about the cartoon originally aired on like, car- was it Cartoon was that Network? Two thousand fourteen or something too. Was it Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or one of those things it was originally aired on? No, I may I don't I'm not really too sure, but I do know I'll that look it, up. it got canceled after it did episode or did season seven. So when Disney took it over and they started Disney Plus, they actually redid or they actually did season seven and they actually got to finish Ahsoka Tana, which which was awesome, super awesome. But the last four episodes take place simultaneously with. Um, Revenge. Star- Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and Darth Maul is a huge part of that backstory, and I thought it was amazing. Yeah, and yep. then even even what happens in Rebels with his mm-hmm. character, and then how actually he does, which I don't want to ruin for people that haven't for actually sure. seen Rebels, but it's I think I think they did a really good job with his backstory. No, he, Ma- he deals Ma- with Art. a lot of stuff oh as gosh. far as emotional issues, like the betrayal that he feels from the Jedi and the Sith. 
Oh yeah, and it's it's pretty good. His his character arc and like development is is awesome when you include all of that. I mean, it's it, it really is. Clone Wars was Cartoon Network. No way. Yeah. Wow. Cartoon bum, bum, bum. So, anyways, uh, back to um, Ray Park. Uh, maybe I must have heard that wrong or something because I'm looking it up. It does say he's a stuntman. But I yeah. guess he's not a choreographer. I thought he actually choreographed a lot of the lightsaber scenes, and they they needed someone to play Darth Maul. I don't know why. I mean, no, maybe I, it was just a I, friend of mine I, I, that used no, to say I, that. I actually or... read that before. I can't find he's it. Choreographed other things as well. Um, and Ray Parks always said like he wants to come back for everything, like bring him back. And they only brought him back for like the minute in so, in so, Solo. But... but you know they are doing a Lando TV show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, it yeah. is, and I think it is with Donald Glover. Oh, okay. that yeah. I, I heard that it is. So that's in a way that's going to be a sequel to Solo that we all, at least I want. I liked Solo. I, I thought I Solo was Solo good too, and I would I think love reason, to see more. Yeah, I think the reason why Solo did so bad was because of Return was the Last Jedi, but that's for a different conversation for sure. But I like that whole end of that when you actually got to see Darth Maul show up, which I think he might have just been called Maul at that time. He does. He, change, he does change his name to Maul. Um, maybe you might see him in the Lando Calrissian. Which TV would be show. dope because at that point he was basically running one of the crime syndicates, you know, one of these like underground like mafioso type of things that were going on in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, so that'd be cool. All right, so I think we've tackled a lot of stuff from Phantom Menace. Let's move on to Clone Wars. Okay, so Clone Wars, I think it fast forwards like what is it eight years, seven years, something like that? Ten. And is it ten? Yeah. So now Anakin Skywalker is twenty. Whatever. He looks like he's. A normal person now. And also now, I just have to say, like, the age differences. It's not like a 10-year-old and a 16-year-old. Yeah, now, now we have, you know, let's a call 20 it a 20, 20 and a 26. 26. Now everything's cool. Now yeah. it's fair game. Yeah, yeah. Fair so, game. but now everything that's awkward is just the way that Anakin just acts. So, <laughs> <laughs> so again, you're, you're more, more grasp with the actor I, I, than Look, I don't think it's acting with the... Gra- I mean, all right, I got a dialogue. scene I'm going to play for you right now. So Go it's ahead. not the acting uh, per se. It's actually just the dialogue in the scene itself. Is in my opinion, it's unnecessary. It's an unnecessary scene. I'm just gonna play it. I don't play care. it. Gonna... <laughs> play it. We will find out who's trying to kill you, Padme. I promise you. We will not exceed our mandate, my young Padawan learner. I meant it in the interest of protecting her master, of course. We will not go through this exercise again, Anakin. And you will pay attention to my lead. Why? What? Why else do you think we were assigned to her if not to find the killer? Protection is a job for local security, not Jedi. It's overkill, Master. Investigation is implied in our mandate. We will do exactly as the Council has instructed. And you will learn your place, young one. Or you will get <laughs> backhanded by the Force. He's just showed off in front of his girl, man. But he's man, not. He, he, he was flexing, dude. Yeah, he's, he's, he's trying to show way. her. I'm not a child anymore, and Obi, don't talk to me like I'm a child, man. Back up, Obi. Yeah, like, dude, don't you see? I'm trying to get in there. I... <laughs> 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 like, what kind of wingman are you, bro? Right? Like, dude, you can't help me a, out here. You can't be a Jedi wingman. Now, Qui Gon <laughs> probably would have been sure. a good wingman. Yeah, he would have. Obi Wan's sure. not a good wingman. No, Obi Wan's by the book. Qui yeah. Gon's like, eh. I just feel like, okay, look, if you're gonna show um, Anakin Skywalker's immaturity, because I think that's what this scene's all about—to show his immaturity, but then also show how he is flexing, yeah, towards you know, uh, Queen Amidala or I guess Senator Amidala, whatever Padme. Yeah, it's Padme. Padme. <laughs> but flex Padme. I think he could have done that in a better way. I don't think there's any other actor that could have maybe nailed that scene. 
Think about who you... Can you picture Leonardo DiCaprio just nailing that scene right there? This is a <laughs> terrible scene. It's a terrible scene. It, they didn't perform it quite well. I'm going to let you guys both know, Clone Wars, or Attack of the Clones is my least favorite out of the prequels. Oh, really? Because I think the whole thing is just filled with bad dialogue. The whole movie is. like, And I got some others I'm going to play for you a little bit. But does it add to the actual arc of the of the? It does. It does totally. It's, it's totally yeah, love. I, I think it does. Too. It does. You need to see them fall love. And yeah. so one of the things that I actually uh, from the documentary that I watched, I really wish I knew the name of it. I'm, maybe I'll find it. And we could pepper it in. We could put a link to it um, in on, underneath the on our channel, whatever. Um, is that uh, Lucas got a lot of um, bad? He got a lot of uh, bad press, I guess, for not developing the characters. He developed characters that nobody actually cared about in Phantom Menace. Because you look at him, like nobody. I, he said that there are, from what I remember hearing in the documentary, is that you didn't feel related to any of the characters. You didn't feel like you had an emotional connection to any of the characters. You didn't care if they died. You had no. You just didn't care. But in Phantom. Saw, in Phantom. So I yeah. think that maybe he was trying to over, uh, like, you know, kind of co make a correction with mm -hmm. Anakin and make a correction with with uh, Padme because there's a lot of love scenes, a lot of, like, playful banter, a lot of, like, cringe-worthy kind of stuff that it's, like, in my opinion, it's a little much, like, especially when he's trying to ride that weird, you know what I'm talking about, that weird animal where he's trying Dude, to surf uh, it. It's again, so bad. He was so close to, like, Right there with Padme. There, yeah, man. but have you seen but, Natalie Portman, man? Look, but I also <laughs> saw Carrie Fisher in Empire Strikes Back, and the subtle thing of just being a scruffy nerf herder who just says, "I know, you know, I know," and then I believe there's love there. There was, there was not like this weird love music dating in the field picnic kind of talking about i was a senator's first kiss kind but of but that's the thing it was it was it's different and and you know what again until this until this conversation i would have never watched that scene and thought twice i would have never i would yeah. have never watched that scene and thought twice and again i don't know so it's not my uh, least favorite prequel movie. I mean, I'm definitely like Revenge of the Sith, Clone Wars, then Phantom, kind of in that order of my favorites. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, again, like I, I, I grew up loving these movies, and so I don't, I don't look at them the same. When you play it, and I hear you talk, I totally understand, and I'm like, eh, okay, I see what you're saying. So here's let yeah, me let me let you think about this for a second. So, Phantom Menace. You replace Phantom Menace, take out Qui Gon, and then you put Anakin Skywalker, an adult Anakin Skywalker, in his place. Liam Nielsen's so good in Phantom Menace. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. That, the pair of fan, the 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 duo between uh, Qui Gon and Obi Wan Kenobi in Phantom Menace is so good. But the pairing that you have in Clone Wars, which is kind of a semi cocky Obi Wan Kenobi, and then you have like a really like bratty kind of little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Anakin Skywalker. I mean, they're not a very good pair in He needed Clone Wars. to be checked. Yeah, they're definitely a good pair, I think, for the first part of um, uh, Revenge of the Sith. I like him, like, because now he's not so bratty anymore. They're, they're kind yeah, of yeah, like, yeah. they're more like uh, colleagues than they are, like, I'm your master and, like, you're going to follow my lead, kind of, because he's not following his lead at all. He's, like, jumping all over the place. He doesn't give a shit. But I just, like, like, I don't I don't like them together in Clone Wars. I don't like a lot of the dialogue in Clone Wars. The the lightsaber ba lightsaber battles are pretty cool, but 
That's pretty much it for me. And, you, and I, I do like the Django Fett stuff and all yeah. that kind of things, but I think I'm jumping ahead of myself. So No, for sure. I think that there is, you know, when you were talking in the very beginning about like the prequels have to touch on, they have to do these few things. And the one thing is this Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader. But I think a huge part of that is Jedi's aren't supposed to love. love. They're yeah, not supposed it. to have love. And I so them telling, I feel like episode two amongst many things, but I feel like the big one with episode two is they're telling the love story. And I think some of this, this little bit of like banter back and forth that they have and some of this cringeworthy stuff, I feel like they kind of had to do to tell the love story aspect to ultimately give us what they give us in three. I, okay, I can, under, I can understand why they would want to do that. Nonetheless, but I, but still cringe. <laughs> it's still cringe. Change the dialogue up. Maybe cut that in half. Yeah. Like there's, there's, I mean, okay, let's look at all those scenes for a second. Okay, Max, you with me? I'm here. Okay. <laughs> so let's look at, so you got him being like over kind of creepy-ish when they get to her island. Okay. Kind of like, you know, talking about how much he hates sand. Like it's so harsh, but then he's like kind of like rubbing her shoulder like if you're smooth. Which actually, I'm gonna, you know, I got the dialogue. Let me play that right now. Oh, gosh. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. Not like here. Here, everything is soft. He's like a soft-spoken Mark Wahlberg right here. Yeah. He doesn't like sand, and he's from a place. But I'm just full saying, like, look yeah, at the dialogue. He's from the, de he's he's from from the, the desert. desert. <laughs> Straight up. That's why he hates it, I'm assuming. Probably. His childhood. No, probably. He didn't, he didn't complain about it when, he, if anything, he was cold, if you remember in, uh, in episode one. No, he's cold was in space. He was in space. He's in the desert. But he never complained about, you know, the sand before. And look, all I'm saying, if you have eyes in that scene, like, you don't, you're not complaining about that sand. I get the Tatooine sand, but the sand on Naboo, come on now. <laughs> just saying <laughs> just saying I don't like sand it's harsh it gets all over the place <laughs> yeah it, it's not the best it's not written work I, I and he didn't I did, perform I, it quite well either I just challenge you pick an actor that's gonna deliver that line yeah that, that's pick tough. someone I'm, I'm dead serious pick someone that's gonna deliver that line that's listen tough. Leonardo Denzel now Denzel <laughs> would probably nail that shit he would nail that shit. He'd come in like he'd puff in his chest and shit while he says it. Sand. <laughs> I can't do a good Denzel. Oh, but... Yeah, okay. If you, Can you if imagine they... Samuel L. doing? I oh don't my like sand. Gosh. <laughs> sand motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're all, we're, all, we're we're getting off here. <laughs> I'm totally getting off on this one. Royale with cheese. No. You guys get that movie? What movie is that from? The Pulp Fiction. Oh, don't... my fault. I wouldn't have got that anyways. Are you serious? Not you just, never seen not, Pulp Fiction? Of course I've seen oh, Pulp okay. Fiction, but I, I wouldn't have been able to quote that line. Oh, okay. Nah. <laughs> what do they call Don't look at me like that. What do they call a Big Mac over there? They just call it Big Mac, Big Mac. I can't call it Quarter Pounder yeah. because the metric system's different. What do they call a Quarter Pounder over there? More Royal with cheese. Royal with cheese. Anyways. Yeah. So, Clone Wars, Attack of the Clones, filled with a bunch of bad dialogue stuff. But yeah, it does. It moves his, or Anakin's story across, like, or moves it forward as far as like making these connections and then these tragedies, right? So throughout it, he's kind of having, or he's hinting that he's having these bad dreams about his mom and stuff like that. She's being hurt, dying. I don't really remember exactly the, the dialogue because it wasn't that bad. So I don't remember it apparently, but he does at some point he goes to Tatooine and he goes to find his mom, finds out that his mom was sold to Lars. What's his name? 
Owen. Lars Owen. Owen Lars. Owen Lars. Five points for Joey. Owen Lars. Five points by Joe And he marries her. But then I guess Tuscan Raiders, Santa people come and they take her and they presume that she's dead, right? So then he has to go out and he finds her. Yeah. And he finds that she's been beaten. I don't know if they actually say what has actually happened to her. Like, no. Do we are we supposed to assume? Does it said in a book somewhere that she in the novelization? Yeah, they they were basically like, you know, they were torturing her. She was, yeah. It, it was bad what they were doing to her, but it was also said in the novelization. I think this again builds Anakin's kind of overall character arc and development of him like full fledged going to the dark side. Sure. He blamed Obi Wan mm-hmm. for that because when he was telling Obi Wan he was having visions of his mother dying, Obi Wan was basically just telling him, you know, just be present in the force. And just, I get just believe in the okay. force. And, and, Anakin, I, and, I, and I get that because he's his mentor, he's his master. He should know. He I should mean, know. He should know that's actually happening. Yeah, and know who you're dealing with here. Like, right? you're dealing with somebody who does have attachments. You're not dealing right. with somebody that's like you who's super stoic in the Force. And that's, again, something that Qui-Gon, if Qui-Gon was his master and and Anakin was saying, I'm having these, yeah. these feelings. They'd be he, living on Tatooine. Uh, they'd be Dude, on Tatooine. It would have right? taken Search him nine, nine, and ten, what, nine or ten years before he went back for his mother. Yeah, come that on. That was ridiculous. I think that is kind of interesting that he thought his mom was still a slave for ten years and then not one point that he'd have a conversation with Obi-Wan and goes, hey, you know, I kind of want to get my mom out of there. You know, she did kind of help us all get off now. But Obi-Wan was by the get book, off the man. Tatooine. He was a by-the-book Jedi. Honestly, throughout the three movies... The 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 Jedi uh, and the 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 right side of the Force does not play well in my eyes. That's it the whole, the whole but that, three that's, movies. That's the point. They're, they're, they're really bad. But they wanted that. That was that was that yeah. was supposed to they're be clueless. Port- that. But that was supposed to be what they were portraying. That's the reason that Qui Gon was pulling away. Yoda started noticing it yeah. even in Episode Two, and that's what Palpatine yeah. capitalized on. Yeah. Well, it's the Jedi like, were really bad in all three movies. Yeah. No. Totally. And then also, what helps that is actually the 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 Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. It does Absolutely. show that. Absolutely. It shows that so much in. Watching the the prequels for the first, you know, umpteen time, like how many times I ever watched it, like, you know, when I was younger and stuff like that. I mean, like, I was like you, I would always kind of put them on once a year, once every other year and stuff, because I felt like I was part of my, part of my religion. Like I had to watch Star Wars at some point. It was part of- Gotta canon. be trilling once a year. I, I got Gotta that. be trilling right, once a year. Right, but I didn't realize, even though it's a big part of how the, the Emperor kind of like, you know, takes over, it's because- the Jedi are kind of a little cocky. The Jedi aren't really seeing things the way they should be seeing They got things. too political. They got too political, yep. right? And so I didn't really catch it as much watching the the prequels by themselves. But once the, the Clone Wars cartoon was introduced and I got to see all the other backstories that yeah. happened yeah, totally. in between episode two and episode three, that like just made, for me, the prequels even better. I like, agree. Like being able to 100%. fill in a lot of those gaps and stuff like that. And so, one hundred percent. The like I said before, like I like I don't know if I actually said it. We were going to talk about if it actually worked or not. But the main over like the main story that Lucas was trying to tell in the prequels, and that was a big part of was like you know what happened to the Jedi. I guess that yep. was another thing I wanted to actually address. So that's the fourth thing. Yeah, was what exactly happened to all the Jedi, right? Because if the only yeah. the last remaining Jedi, as far as we know, in the original trilogy, is Luke Skywalker, after Obi-Wan Kenobi oh, dies, after Obi- it becomes yeah. Luke Skywalker. But what happened to all the other Jedi? Yeah. And so, yeah, they dig it cocky. And then, you know, balance of the Palpatine force. Palpatine was playing chess. Order and they're playing checkers. 
They yeah, don't even know they're playing. They don't even know. You know, that's even they better. They don't even know they're playing they chess or checkers know with anybody. They, playing. Yeah, they, they think they're trying to defend the against the right war. There. They don't really know they, what's they happening. Were freaking clueless. It was they're very hanging short-sighted. out from Yoda all the way down. They're yep. hanging out with the main. Yeah, he's like, sitting there having meetings himself, with them, and, and he's, he's just telling like, them what to do. Schooling them. And not not only is he playing chess, but Palpatine's playing a chess game that's been passed down for a thousand years. Oh, wow. Because literally, see, yeah, literally this started with Darth Bane a thousand years before Earlier. Darth Bane created the rule of two and Darth Bane set in motion the plan to ultimately basically destroy the Jedi. It, it came a thousand years to Palpatine, wow. this plan. It's it's insane. It's a long game. It's the super long, long game. game. <laughs> Definitely a long game, that's for sure. Uh, but the Jedi were very disappointing in these three movies. For yeah. Me. I would, You know, I agree with that. And it sucks because... They're so cool with lightsabers, man. Uh, they are cool with lightsabers. Don't yeah, no worry. I got something for us later on I want to talk about, but keep going. All right. One last thing just to kind of wrap up yeah. Clone Wars that I think is a, a cool touch point. Well, I and still it, want to it, talk about Django really quick, but yeah. And, it, and, it, and it, kind of goes into, it kind of goes a little bit into Django. So I think it's cool how they had to also tell this, this story of Clone Wars. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is uh, Dooku and the role that Dooku played in Clone Wars as Again, like you were saying, I thought you could only have, you know, one apprentice. And not only did Palpatine have Maul, then he had Dooku. Right. Then he had Anakin. But Dooku, um, you know, was a, a big part of actually getting the clone army established. And I think that was a... They, they kind of barely touched on it in the movies. And they touched a little bit more uh, in the show, in the Clone Wars <laughs> television show. They touched a little bit in, in books. Um, but I think, you know... Hit, Dooku, you know, comes into play here. And I think he has a really cool aspect in um, the entire storyline. And, you know, again, telling the telling about the Clone Wars and and the whole role that that played in really this entire storyline was super important. Well, I and he gets a cool Darth name. Right. Does he get a cool Darth? What's his Darth name? Darth Tyrannus. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's Darth Tyrannus. They got the best names, man. So Count well, Dooku's dope too, though. Yeah, that is kind of dope. That's like a, a distinguished gangster name. <laughs> like, well, hold I'm on. Count Dooku. So going into Count Dooku, like, I liked Count Dooku. Yeah. I didn't love Count Dooku. Yeah. I liked him. I liked yeah. I agree. I liked him in, in uh, Attack of the Clones. I liked him for his brief little stint in uh, Revenge of the Sith. And I liked him in the Clone Wars. But... I loved him. I started to love him after when they just released the Star Wars uh, Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. He's got that one episode that shows, actually, it's, I think there's two episodes that kind of yeah, show why he actually yeah. goes, becomes, like, goes to the dark side. That really. was sick. And they told, that told the story of Yadel, which was the only other Yoda species Right, besides and we Grogu. always wonder what happened to her because she, she was only seen in, in uh, Phantom Menace. You never see her again. Yeah. So they rewrote her in Legend. She died protecting Anakin, and they they obviously, you know, in canon, made this how she died. Yeah. But I like this. I do too. I thought it was an awesome way to like seal Dooku's fate in the yeah. dark side by so, him killing her. So he faced Yed- uh, her and he faced uh, uh, Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. 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 That, he did. The same, and there's it, also, it was like almost like an identical same fighting, uh, fighting way. St- yeah. A fighting style. Just yeah, a, yeah. Little, little, a little Yoda species jumping around. Also, yeah. <laughs> when um, he returns at the end of uh, Attack of the Clones, when like after all this shit happens um, on uh, what's the planet they're on? Um, uh, with all the oh yeah 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 um no we cannot know this not yeah wait, 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 you, uh, hold you on hold me. on hold on you're gonna wait, this what is planet who is on Shh, joey's got this oh man you're killing joey's got this. it's the battle of... it's joey's got this it's the battle of 
It's going to come to me, but continue. Okay. So anyways, he goes to the works back on Coruscant. Yeah. And then that's the same place where he fight where he fights her. It's the Correct. same. So yeah. Correct. Same place. And that's also fun fact of the day. That's the same place that Palpatine trained Maul since Maul was a little kid was at oh, that wow. place called the works. Fun. Yeah. FFFTD. Fun fact of the day. <laughs> G- and it's called Geonos- Geonosis. 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 Oh, there you go. Boom. Damn, should have known that. <laughs> On that, but no, I love the backstory that they did in Tales of the Jedi. So awesome, yeah. And then there's one episode in particular where it shows him and uh Qui Gon is his uh Padawan, when yeah. Qui Gon is his Padawan, yeah. You know, and there's this whole dispute on a, on, on a planet, and he realizes then that he's on the wrong side, yep. And I thought it was, I thought it was well done. It made I me realize too. what a good character he was, and yeah. that he actually, in a way, was kind of like Anakin, where Anakin doesn't go to the dark side because he's an evil dude. He goes to the dark side because he thinks that's the right place to go because of what's happening in his life at the time. Yeah. yeah. And I, I thought that was a good story. That's where you can get a solution because yeah. the Jedi are asleep at the wheel. For sure. And it was a good way to bring Dooku's story into like canon because there's like books that tell Dooku really well. But like this was that was a really good way to kind of give Dooku's like arc from Jedi to, you know, move into the Sith. I liked it. I really it did. Great. Yeah. So let's talk about the clones really fast. The yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah. So yeah. what did you? What was your first? Because nobody really knew what the Clone Wars was until we actually saw Attack of the Clones. We didn't know it was an actually, I guess, a bunch of clone stormtroopers, yeah. really, and they were all cloned off of Boba Fett's dad. Who actually, we find out Boba Fett's actually a clone of a Jango Fett. Who all the clones are cloned after? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just unaltered. Altered. You know? He's yeah. he's an unaltered clone. Of Django Fett. So what was okay? So Joey, what was your take when you actually figured out what the Clone Wars was and what clone troopers are? Um, I think at the time I didn't have any specific thoughts. Like when I first saw it, I just thought it was I thought it was just this like badass army they were yeah. creating to like, you know, fight every you know, I just thought it was cool. I didn't have any specific thoughts. Thinking back on it now and knowing the grand plan that Palpatine had and and everything that had to go perfect in order to get this clone army up and running was so incredible. And then having the plan that you're going to basically run both sides of this war and you're going to create this army to fight a fake enemy, essentially, to then use to turn on... the it's Republic. pretty good. I mean, three dimensional chess. Pretty good. Three dimensional thousand year old chess. Thousand year old chess. That's what we're doing. I mean, his, his ultimate goal is to rule the Republic, yeah. but then yeah. make it like I guess an empire, an empire really, and yeah. make him the emperor. So this whole thing is planned out from the very beginning. From the beginning. So, um, and who, also, let me just throw in one little thing. Okay. This is also something. This wasn't actually Palpatine's plan. This was Plagueis's. Plan. Oh, Ooh. so Plagueis, Plagueis put this into play. Palpatine was running it because Plagueis knew he was a mun. He was a he was basically his species was like a banking species. He knew he was never going to be yeah. the one that could implement like the grand plan. He knew Palpatine being a human from Naboo. He knew he was going to be the one to have the master plan, but he wanted to run it from the background. Palps knew that and he was like, nah. So that's why he. Often, but right. that was Plegus's plan wow. was to do this clone army. Fun nice. Fact. Second okay. fun fact of that. That's a that's a lot of fun facts we're getting so far. <sighs> Definitely. What do you think? Okay, so what do you think of uh the clones, you know, coming from Boba Fett's dad? 
Well, since we didn't really know anything, re- I mean, no, Boba Fett became like a huge, a like cult. super popular character, yeah. sure, sure, and he really only had one or two lines in I the know. original yeah. trilogy. Nobody really knew anything about him. Just looked cool. I think it's badass. Did he look? It, because if you're gonna t- if you're gonna actually replicate, you know, and clone all these people, clone it after somebody badass. Because what we know of the actual stormtroopers who are just like hired guns they're terrible shots it's a complete (laughs) joke right so i think you know modeling an entire army after a you know legendary bounty hunter is pretty badass so uh, we're gonna jump ship for a second so what do you think of um bad batch so it's the see bad batch for people that don't actually watch cartoons at all so we've been talking about this cartoon called clone wars so there's um, the sequel to Clone Wars is really Bad Batch, which is a, it follows a group of basically like mutated clones. mutated clones, and it kind of shows the transition between from going from clone troopers to stormtroopers. Correct, and which is cool. We've also we've always always wondered that, like, what happened yeah, why, to the clone why? troopers, yeah. and then why are there stormtroopers? Like, so what happened to them? And so I kind of like that, like how they're actually showing. The reasons why they got rid of the clones. What yeah. happened to putting, putting the piece together? Yeah. What happened to um Camino? Palpatine wanted volume too. Like clones were expensive and he wanted volume. He wanted I don't he think wanted I can't, I can't, quantity over quality, right? That's what bothers me is I really don't think of the Emperor as being a penny pusher. <laughs> you know, right? pay, like yeah. pinching oh, pennies. Sure. Like I don't know. Like no, it's a time. It was time. time it wasn't it wasn't quicker. money. It was yeah. time. You know, clones take time to grow, and yeah. getting getting this this ding dong here to just sign up for the empire in mass numbers was easy. I guess done, so. Done and I guess done. so. Yeah, that does make sense. Providing work. All right. Bad Batch is awesome, though. I love I love how they are like you're saying, telling the story of transition from Order sixty six into the Empire as we know it, going into like A New Hope. You know, you one know? of one of only four things I actually liked about the Obi Wan Kenobi show is when you actually see a clone trooper. Who looks like he's like a Vietnam oh, War yeah. vet, <laughs> like panhandling, like asking, yeah. Yeah, asking yeah. for some change. some change. That was good. And they actually got the actor who's playing Boba Fett, uh-huh. to, like the one who done who played the clone troopers and Jango Fett, really played cool. the character. That was really. I actually cool. like that. I did too. Like, oh man, this is gonna be a great show. <laughs> Not so much. Fooled you. <laughs> okay. So did it answer your question? Did did it satisfy the 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 answer of how, what the Clone Wars were? Um, I mean, I guess so, because no one really knew what the Clone Wars was to were begin with. Were you satisfied with. with this? I think I was. Because in, in, a, in my mind at the time when I actually did see it, it actually, I just thought that this is where also Stormtroopers came from. Yeah. Was it, So it's like, oh, this is where the Stormtroopers came from. Was, was from like an origin clones. story. Yeah. Almost like an origin story, yeah. even though it kind of really wasn't. Maybe that's no. where they got their body armor from. But... I mean, it was a step before. I, I I didn't mind the the backstory of the clones. I actually thought it was kind of in a way neat that there was a Jedi that went to Camino that commissioned to have all these clones made, which was like what ten years prior, maybe even fifteen years prior. I can't remember the exact actual date, but the but the Jedi had already passed. Some Jedi actually like hid the planet, so it was like this whole mystery to even find these clones. Well, they told that in, so it was Sifo Diaz, which was right. I know, what, yeah, it was Sifo Diaz, and yeah, that yeah. and that was that was Dooku's like best friend, and Dooku tricked him into going. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, is that du- in Clone Wars? That's in the book. It was all, but okay. but but that he tricked him into going to Camino and basically commissioning this army because he wow. didn't want his name, and then they showed. In Tales of a Jedi, they showed Dooku deleting the planet. So Dooku 
is the one who deleted a planet from the archives when Obi-Wan's like, who, why can't oh, I find right. this planet? Oh, who could delete this? Who wow. has access? Yeah. Dooku fucking I do remember it. that. Wow. That is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Super cool. Another point for fucking Joey. Damn it. Fuck. This guy, man. That's what he's talking about, man. Dude, he's killing it. Killing it. <laughs> That's why this wine's so good, because he really knows his Star Wars <laughs> lore. Right? All right, so I think I got one more scene to pull Do from Clone Wars. Episode two? No, I do not. I do not have another scene to pull from Clone Wars. All right, so Perfect. let's just, let's or, it attack, attack the clones. So let's just package it up really fast. So we see a young Anakin, like a, uh, I guess, a, Pad a young Padawan Anakin Skywalker He's a very he's an emotional wreck. He loves Padme. He's basically willing to say whatever. He just doesn't even think. He just says he's shit. Brash. Yeah, he just says shit to try to impress her. But then also like he gets like self conscious when she tries to be the leader. Like you know, it's the whole scene where she's they're back on Naboo and she and he tries to say that he's like in charge. Like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's not really a Jedi. Blah 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 blah. Well, excuse me, my lady. I'm the one who's in charge of security. Well, I think I know. You know, like that whole scene. I don't really like all that kind of shit. But what I do like is actually showing his progression and showing their love connection to a point where I think it just becomes a little outrageous. I like the clones. I like seeing Jango Fett. How I like the assassination attempts. That was cool. Those were cool, man. <laughs> that explosion in the beginning, you didn't see that coming. I don't understand why. Uh, what's her what, What's her little uh, help or I guess her... Like her handmaidens? What's her handmaidens' oh. name? Where she's apologizing why she dies? Oh, like Cornier or... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it started with this. Yeah, she's like, I'm sorry, my lady. And then Cordae. she dies. Like, what is she sorry for? Cordae. You did your job. Yeah. You died yeah, because she... Like, you died, so she didn't die. Like, yeah. I, like that That's was just, her job. Yeah, that yeah. was just That's weird. literally... It's like that secret was weird. service. Like, you're putting your life on the line yeah. for her. Yeah. yeah. But um, I love how, even from the episode one, how she has these body doubles. She's like Saddam Hussein with the body doubles. Yeah, right. <laughs> and she's one of the doubles. Yeah, yeah. She... <laughs> I, I actually, I really like the Geonosis fight when you see all these Jedi going up against all these. Dude, that was epic. That, that was, was really cool. good. That I like that. You actually, great. That's the first time you saw uh, Mace Windu's yeah. purple. purple lightsaber, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cuts off Jango uh, Fett's head in front of his son. Yep. And you get that scene where he picks up his dad's head that was, and he puts that, it to his head. That was gnarly. Yeah. Like, that was dude, gnarly. Your dad's skull is still in, in the there. helmet. <laughs> Literally. Like, that's just a little weird, dude. A little bit. This kid's got to pull his dad's skull out of the helmet and then he's got to repaint it green later on. We also get Yoda in this. You, know? you, get, you get the, you know, I didn't, I I thought it was a little too easy for Anakin and Obi-Wan Kenobi to get defeated by um, Dooku. I agree. I'm glad you're bringing mm -hmm. this up, actually. Yeah, that whole that whole scene, I feel like they should have a made longer, and b I totally agree with what you just said. They they made that too easy. It, they yeah. should have they should have at least given him, as even when it was two of them, given him at least a run for his money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dooku was a master swordsman, but come on, I mean, it was like within fifteen seconds he has one of them, and then like once Anakin had two lightsabers, I mean, he his arm was cut off in another yeah. fifteen. Yeah, seconds. that was that was crazy. So if you look at all like we haven't gotten into episode three yet, but if you look at all the major um, lightsaber battles, you got the lightsaber battle, like the really brief one between uh, Qui Gon and uh, Darth Maul. Maul. Yeah, which I'm not gonna count that one because not really a lot of stuff happens in no. that, but. You have the epic one, which was, you know, one of the main huge things that everybody loves so much that at least I know I did for Phantom Menace. Duel when of Fates, you, man. Duel of Fates, when you had Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon going against Darth Maul. That, that whole scene is choreographed amazingly. So yeah. And then you jump into um, Attack of the Clones, and you've got 
really the main uh, lightsaber battle is between you know Dooku. Yeah. 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 And, it's just little, like, little kind of BS. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, that. it's the weakest choreographed out of all of them. Because yeah. then when you jump into um, Revenge of the Sith, like, even the first battle that they have with uh, with uh, Dooku, that's yeah. way more, it's way better choreographed than this than this one is. Oh, Then even better. the ones later on when you got um, CG Yoda jumping all over the place with uh, yeah. the Emperor. Yeah. That one's, that one's better. Even... Um, uh, Grievous and Obi Wan. That one's awesome. Yeah, that and was then the cool. Be- and then the best really one cool. out of all of them it's the is Obi Wan Kenobi Absolutely. against yeah. um, Anakin, Absolutely. which we'll talk about that later. But yeah, this one is the weakest lightsaber duel out of all of the three for sure episodes. Agreed. And, which is unfortunate because it could have been awesome. It was kind of cool and somewhat laughable when you actually got to see Yoda pull out his lightsaber because no one, I don't think, ever thought that Yoda even used the lightsaber. Yeah, for sure. I know I didn't. So that was kind of like, oh, this is awesome. And then he just like leaps around doing <laughs> front flips and back flips and parkour. somersaults. He's parkouring. <laughs> yeah. It's parkour, parkour. lightsaber. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. Which at the time when you see it, you're kind of laughing, but then it kind of grows on you. We're just yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. just how he fights. Of course, that's, that's how he fights. Exactly. You know? that's how how he, else would he, he fight? Yeah. Yeah. He's got to fight that way. Homie's He's, got a one foot yeah, lightsaber. It definitely, it definitely grows. But, to wrap it all up, this is my this, for me. This is the weakest out of the three. And also the and and the the last little note that I think is really cool at the very end is when they show the Death Star plans. Oh yeah, that was a that's nice little, very but, cool. Okay, so I was, was just nice I was thing. just thinking about this. So because I just I just watched uh, episode two yesterday. Mm-hmm. So think about this though. So when you watch Rogue One, right? And they got to go into the special vault that has all of these, you know, data, like, disks or whatever we're calling them. And they pull out this huge disk. And then they can't even send it up into space because it has so much information. Until they, like, right? Remember they had mm-hmm. to, like, open up the shield yeah, to get yeah. it okay, through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you see what he's got the Death Star plans on now. It's like this little mini... <laughs> You know, I think it was just preliminary. It was right? early. Yeah, that's right. They didn't have the layers. It was a couple megabytes. It wasn't I'll allow it. I'll yeah. allow it. I'm, I'm still one of those people that's still trying to figure out why they're why they're transferring secret information on droids. Right. Like in in a, in a Rise of Skywalker, where they have to pull up and then they have to plug in R two D two. Well, it's also yeah. like like <laughs> listen, like, y'all can go to light speed. What do you mean you have to? It takes ten minutes to send plans. Like that is really, such like a good point. Like, Who is really? developing so hard dial up. Yeah, yeah. Is data like still hard to transfer? Yeah, but y'all can go light speed. Come on now, man. But they they just develop differently. Listen, you know, Some those plans just didn't have the plan for the bathrooms on the Death Star. So that's right. That's why the files weren't as big, man. That's right. Also, man that's a lot of plumbing bro that is a lot of plumbing well that's the end of our first part of our star wars conversation we hope you enjoyed it uh thanks again to our patreon producer knight rider 169 uh thanks to everybody who listened to this episode i hope you enjoyed it be on the lookout for part two music composed by jason zaffrey Additional bed music composed by Kyle Torme. Thanks for listening to this episode of Still Holds Up, a Rot Your Brain podcast. Subscribe to the Still Holds Up podcast feed at rotyourbrainmedia.com slash stillholdsup. Follow us on Twitter at rot underscore your brain and support Rot Your Brain Media and its podcast by being a part of this exciting new and growing community. 
visit patreon.com slash rotyourbrainmedia.com.